Hey, this is Jordy Collada from the Jordy Collada Show. Our podcast daily is brought to you by RMB Builders. Give Reb Bourgeois a call today. He is a custom home builder offering both new construction and can remodel in the Baton Rouge area and surrounding areas. They are licensed for commercial and residential construction. They can also handle your office renovation or building maintenance. They're online at rmb-builders.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook at RMB Builders LLC. Rhett Bourgeois and RMB Builders bringing you the Jordy Collada podcast. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Jordy Collada Show live here from our Click Here Digital Studios in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in between Drusilla and Airline. Remember, we're online at clickheredigital.com if you want a direct contact on how you can change your marketing plan and go straight digital with us over here at Click Here Digital. You can email me, Jordy at clickheredigital.com. We're built every day by RMB Builders, and our phone lines brought to you by Southern Regional Medical Centers, Real Doctor, Real Solutions, with Charlie Harvey, Jason Ramazan, and the crew over there. We're going to talk to Brooke Kirchhoff for coming up 45 minutes from now. Brooke will be here talking some New Orleans Saints as the Saints are looking to bounce back after Minnesota. We'll ask her what's going on with the uh, quarterback situation with De- uh, with uh, Carr and Hill and. Uh, all of the uh, the quarterbacks. James. He wanted to say David Carr so bad. He did. He just he, did. he punted on it so quickly. Yeah, he did. Just he go, pay- go straight to the last name. Jason Hill came up. <laughs> Great catch. <laughs> or Jameis. Um, all right. Remember, we're online at uh, or excuse me on YouTube and give us a like, share, and follow there if you don't mind. Uh, as uh, you can follow us always uh, on social media at Colada Show. Uh, you can hit us there and. Uh, online as well. Uh, Can't believe we're working today. It's National Pickle Day. National Pickle Day. I feel like that would be a day of observation. I don't really, I'm not really like. I'm just, I'm just quoting Brian Burgess. I'm not the craziest a, pickle guy. I, I can't stand a pickle. Never have, never will. Can't touch it. Ruins every sandwich. Damn. I, I, I don't put pickles on my sandwiches. Like, no, well, like I, I, if I'm making a sandwich at home. Hell no. I don't even buy pickles. Never have. But like Chick Fil A, if you get one with the pickle on it, toast, ca- cash it, throw it out. Damn. I just take the pickles off. No, but it seeps in there because they keep them in the, like in the wrapper. Uh-huh. Like whenever back in the day when you got like the Chick Fil A, like when we worked at Northwestern State, if you got lucky, you got like a the little Chick-fil-A. a leftover from the football team after the game, <laughs> and it's like been in the bag for six hours, and that pickle is it's uh, a pickle sandwich. Yeah, so not even worth it. That pickle is ingrained in that. Yeah, sandwich. pickle is a, mm, it's too powerful. The pickle is too strong. I gotta take this phone call. My my house alarm is going off. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want more pickle talk. Yeah, just keep the pickle talk going. Pickleball, yeah. pickle talk. So you don't like pickles? No, I hate pickles. I hate a pickle. Hello. What do you think about this 11 a.m. kickoff? I I mean I guess because of like the games that day. I guess you got number one Georgia playing Georgia Tech, uh, Alabama, yeah. and Auburn. Yeah. I don't want to see. I, I'm kind of blanking on this schedule. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I guess LSU and they do so many favors. It feels like for LSU to play so many night games, you get Florida at night. You yeah, get yeah. such a good run of them that at some point the other foot's going to drop, and you get eleven a.m. eleven o'clock a.m. I guess it's Jimbo's fault. One more, <laughs> yeah. One more thing he can do. They're like well, one more peace sign on the way out. Yeah, they just fired their coach, so <laughs> you get them out. Well, there I was early. just thinking because of last year, it was such a good game. It was. A&M snuck up on LSU, so kind of a revenge spot. How about uh, 
Your boy. Which one? The Short kicker for the Denver. Short oh. kicker, Will Lutz. Will Lutz, yep. Got yeah. bailed out. He did get bailed out. Yeah, he missed two last yep, night. Sean was going to like, yeah, Sean wanted him. to fight him. Uh, I think he was going to lead him in Buffalo. <laughs> oh, probably. I, I mean, when he missed the first one, I was like, you're in trouble, bro. Oh, and Sean then, doesn't forget those things. I mean, Buffalo, what is the deal with Buffalo? I don't man? know. What's uh, Josh Allen throws, he's good for two interceptions a game. And a fumble. A fumble, one really bad interception, and then the other one just like the receiver will drop it, interception. Russ gets a win. Russ. Uh, I mean, Russ was cooking last night. He played night. good last night. He did? That touchdown pass through to Sutton. Mm. I mean, that thing was. 24-29 for 193. Uh, all right. That's good. Jump inside the chat if you don't mind. Give us a like, share, and follow. Uh, I see a lot of people melting about the 11 a.m. start for Texas A&M. Look, ideally, LSU fans don't like 11 a.m. starts. I get it. But as far as the argument that People won't see Jaden Daniels. I would argue that it would be the other way, right? Like Jaden Daniels is going to play in the first window of the day. If he shines, which we all expect him to do, it's nothing but going to be Jaden Daniels highlights from three o'clock until two o'clock in the morning. That's playing inside of every update, every highlight show, everybody who's watching football all throughout the Saturday. I believe this to be, not a burden for LSU. I don't think that it's a huge story. Uh, I think, you know, from a personal standpoint, I get why people don't like getting up early and watching football, you know, before lunch in Tiger Stadium. It's just not the norm. And, you know, the 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 the, the ideal situation, the first, uh, you know, I mean, your, your, your first pick would be able to watch a night game in Tiger Stadium, especially a, an SEC Western Division night game inside Tiger Stadium, but as far as the argument of nobody's going to see Jaden Daniels play, I, I would argue to the contrary. I would say that everybody is going to be able to see Jaden Daniels play. They may not watch him live, but they will see the impact that he has on the day because his highlights are going to be playing throughout every game, throughout every highlight show, all throughout that college football Saturday. So, uh, look, I, I'm I'm with you. You know, if you had your your choice, you would like to see a six six thirty seven o'clock game inside Tiger Stadium versus Texas A and M. But as far as the eleven a.m. game starts, uh, with you know nobody being able to see Jaden Daniels or LSU, uh, I I I think that a lot of people will be able to see him. You'll be going up against Ohio State, Michigan, though. Like I said, I don't think that a lot of people will watch the game live. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think that everybody's going to be dialed in and watching the game live. People will be going back and forth to it. LSU, the brand, and Texas A&M, for that matter, is going to pull eyeballs to a football game. Michigan-Ohio State, obviously, is going to be the dominant matchup of the, the, the national scale. But as far as LSU not getting the attention, or Jaden Daniels not getting the attention that he is due, I believe he will. And I think yesterday you really saw the kickoff to the Jaden Daniels hype train moving away from the track, starting down the tracks. The national media, people throughout the SEC, Cole Kublik has a loud voice in the league. He's a guy that called the game on Saturday night versus Florida. He was in Tiger Stadium. He is beating the drum for Jaden Daniels. 
people around the country. Dusty Dvorak, who does college football shows all throughout the day on Sirius XM 84, Sirius XM 82, college football themed shows. And I have listened to him yesterday on two of his shows, and he was clamoring for Jaden Daniels. Yesterday on Pardon the Interruption, Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser asked about the Heisman favorites after the weekend. They went through everybody. After everybody had been announced, Tony Kornheiser said, yeah, but nobody's doing what Jaden Daniels is doing. And went on a three-minute Jaden Daniels parade tour to remind everybody what LSU's quarterback is doing. I think everybody understands now that he is he's a contender. He's in the mix. People are, you know, understand if you didn't know about him before Saturday, I feel like if you're a college football fan, you know about him now. And you don't have to be a you know, some somebody's prime demographic. You don't have to be a college football, you know, prime customer to know who he is. I think people that are in or around the sport now are figuring out who he is. Um, so, I, you know, I, I really do think that Jaden Daniels will not be, he will not be robbed. He will not be... Um, yeah, uh, I guess taken away from the spotlight. Penalized. Right. He won't be penalized for playing in that time slot. And you'll get a lot of the... Uh, Maserati Marv contingency against Jaden Daniels for that. So at least it'll be a it'll probably be a national conversation as far because they're trying to shoehorn him into the Heisman. Coach, I guess debate. He, 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 I, he hey, that's not me. I get it. I get it, and I understand why they want him in the Heisman conversation. I get it. He has the talent. He has all of this. He doesn't even have more yards than Malik Neighbors. So so that should be like if 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 he's up there, they should put Malik up there too. Then Malik should get sent to New York too. That would be unbelievable. I mean, if you're going to send Marvin Harrison with less yards and less touchdowns. So if you have to pick your – they said it was going to be four in New York this year. If you have to pick your four, it's Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Jaden Daniels, Jane Daniels and Marvin and Harrison. Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. Yeah. I mean, and I'm fine with those four. Mm-hmm. Right? Just don't send J.J. McCarthy or Jordan Travis. J.J. McCarthy threw for 60 yards last week. I think he kind of took himself out the running. Michigan is a whole dumpster fire. America's team. Harbaugh is acting like it, like nothing happened. I love how Harbaugh handles this. <laughs> this it doesn't America's care. Team. What are you I talking mean, about? Like, I, I think the way that Harbaugh <laughs> handles the NCAA, the way that he handles controversy is ideal. He's got it better than us. <laughs> no, Not you, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> That is, that is the most. Harbaugh, you can't even coach the team. The first three minutes of the presser. <laughs> that is the most I mean, random like, thing I've ever seen. We like to say around person. here. Who's got, got it better, better than, than us? us? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, he's been saying that for years since he's with the Niners. Yeah, this is like Harbaugh. Where are you're we? You're about to lose your job. <laughs> well, Jim, I, you're about to get fired. You're about to get fired. You can't coach for the rest of the season. I Could you so. imagine what it would be like to be like in charge of him? Oh God! Like, you know, like he he's not listening to anybody. Like, hey, Jim, here's our prepared statement. Like, I need you to go out there and read this for the university. Gotcha. Gotcha. Who's got it better than us? Uh, yeah. I think I'm gonna uh, got it. Rally the truth. Yeah, think sweet. Gonna, think I'm gonna go off the dome. Yeah, I got. It. I know what I'm he's, gonna say. I got he's it. like pointing to the the, S, the SID. Like, I think we go off the dome. Imagine him in the back, just going, "Oh God, here oh, we go." Shit. But he's the most unhinged, put together coach. Like, he you is. trust him? Yeah. But like, he's got the best interest of Michigan at heart. But he's just reckless. He's just out there doing whatever he wants, 
because he's been at football for so long. Right. Between John and his father, he's just like, this is how you coach a football he, team. Y'all can't tell me which way's up. I know how to do it. He kind of reminds me of like a smart Les Miles. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a really smart Les Miles. Mm-hmm. He's like, football smart. Right. It's like, you don't know what he's going to say in the media, but he's also a great football coach. So it's like, you can't discount that. Yeah, he's got you. kind of got you. Yep. By the balls. Yeah, he's got you by the nuts. America's <laughs> team. Right. I'm a win. I mean, where was Michigan without him? Oh, they were lost. A, they were in a bad place. Lost. Couldn't and, beat Ohio State. And now they beat him the last two years. And he won't be able to coach the game. Whoa. So he can practice. He can go to all the practices, right? And when it comes Saturday, he can't yeah. travel with the team. He can, can do he? everything but go to the game. He just and he can't go in. He's not in the booth either. He can't no. He can't be. A, he can't be in the stadium. Oh God. Okay. They got so, he, so he's like he's like legit like bad like restraining order type. Oh, yeah, of thing. yeah. Like he's like <laughs> they got eyes on. They him. got people like at the gates what? looking out for Harbaugh. <laughs> he might have to get in touch with this guy <laughs> about the disguises, man. I was about to say, if you're Michigan, why wouldn't you just have everybody dressed the same? Put on that the Michigan hat, <laughs> oh, the sweater, God. the khakis, and the cleats. Be like, where's which one? And where is he? Make him like the Eminem video. Yeah. Right. And what does the, what does the NCAA do if they do bring him on the sideline? That's, that's a great question. Like, it's a great question. I, 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 no, I, I wouldn't even know what power they would yield. I, I don't know what they they could say. Because Michigan's AD already came out and said he ain't he ain't backing down off Harbaugh. So <laughs> they're locked in over there. Yeah, they offered him a contract. I want the Michigan judge with the Michigan DA. <laughs> Seeing and hearing the appeal, I, I mean, I want this thing to get so soap opera yes. that, going, like, yeah, like he's coaching. You know, like the Michigan judge said he could. Judge Judy, he's the a guy huge that, fan. The guy that's got the wing <laughs> paddle on. Yes, you know what I mean, like <laughs> the whistle. <laughs> but I can't. This would be an all timer if they made this a public, like, t- televised yeah. court appearance. What if because he, they all have to go. Like he's going to court. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's not going. He's going to speak. Like, yeah. right. like they were like, he's you, he's are you going? He was like, oh, I'm going to talk. Yeah, it's, it's like, my I, time to shine. I'm not going. He was like, I'm going to speak. <laughs> he he, he references himself. high school. See, he references high school civics class. Oh, 40 God. years ago, Jesus. where he was like, I, the one takeaway I had man. from that class was that you are innocent until you're proven guilty. Oh, <laughs> Harbaugh's head pops up in class like, I, mean, I, like, like, that. I like that. I like that. I mean, it is, it's just, he's, he's going in, man. I mean, like, and it would not surprise me if he wins. Yeah, I, I, is like, Stallion's going to be there? I got no mm. idea. They might have to depose him. Might have to like sit him Where down, is he? put him on camera. <laughs> on you know, Ohio State's practice room <laughs> in, in the film room. FBI is looking for him right now. Goodness. It's a wild one. All right, so we got uh we got uh sound from Brian Kelly yesterday. I love how Brian Kelly's handling this too, man. He's going all in. He's pounding the podium for his guys. Both Malik Neighbors and uh, Jaden Daniels yesterday getting a lot of Heisman and Bolitnikov backing from their head coach, and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I love the way that he's handling this. I think that he cannot allow college football fans, voters, and media to forget about what's going on in Baton Rouge because, look, nobody's playing like Jaden Daniels in this LSU offense is. Malik Neighbors. I mean, these guys are far and away, in my opinion, the best at their position, and they need to be honored for that. And Jaden Daniels is the best player in the sport. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's too much data now. That, that you have after 10 weeks of football where you you have to fairly evaluate and say, look, nobody's played consistently like Daniels has. And if he closes out the last two weeks at that rate, he's got to win the award. You want to hear some numbers? Yeah, hit me. 
Top three Heisman candidates versus top 50 defenses. Bo Nix, one game, 248 passing yards, two touchdowns, eight rushing yards, and a, touch, a rushing touchdown. Michael Penix, four games, 1,263 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions, 25 rushing yards. Jaden Daniels, five games, 1,469 yards, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, 486 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. I rest my case. Who's the outlier? I mean, like, I And that's against top 50 defense. I don't get it. I I don't understand why it's taken this long. It shouldn't even be a Because I am not a subscriber to the LSU hate theory. I don't think that people are out to get LSU. I don't think that people make it their mark every day to make sure LSU does not get the attention that they deserve. I, I don't think that. I've seen too many times when people come through here that LSU gets a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Going back to the days of Shaq when we were yeah. kids, I mean, LSU was all over TV. They were all over preseason rankings. They were all over documentaries that CBS was shooting. They were all wanting access to LSU to bring that into everybody's living room. Same that happened with Burrow in 2019 and that team. I mean, there's too many storylines of LSU getting the respect that they're due to believe that there's people at a at a, a high level. Are there people in television? Are there people within the college football playoff committee that don't like LSU? Probably. Do they have enough power to railroad them? I don't believe so. But this feels weird. Like, this feels strange that Daniels has gone out Put up the highlights and put up the numbers. That's the part that's so confusing because, to me, lazy media all they really do is look at box score, you know, look at box scores and stats, and say, "Oh, well, look, he's the best." He's on the number five team in the country, right? Like, I mean, like he's the one that's dominating. Jaden Daniels in the top ten in, in, in the in the ten offensive categories, you know, passing efficiency, passing complete. Jaden Daniels is in the top 10 of every stat. Every stat that means anything on the offensive side of football in college in 2023, Jaden Daniels is in the top 10. And in the majority of them, he's in the top three. Nine out of 10, he's one. I mean. Don't overthink it. It's like, what are you thinking? Well, the narrative has become it's the three losses, right? But then yeah, that but gets what, debunked very easily. When did that matter so much? much? Like to an award that is given to an individual. And when you look at the individual play and you realize that his team has the best offense in the country, they're better than anybody offensively, and they're playing with an elementary school defense. And they've only lost three games. I mean, really? Like, don't say they haven't entertained you either. It's it's mesmerizing to hear. It's been fun to watch. All of the it's well now what? Every, the well, they thing, lost three games. Well, who cares? He's it he's leading every offensive six. statistical category out there. All three games, the top ten teams. And it's not like it's not one of these cases where it was like a Texas Tech or like an old Baylor where it's like, oh, system offense. This is Jay Daniels doing it yeah. because he was in the same offense last year. This is the maturation process of one year to another. And there were it's what everybody the loftiest of expectations were maybe he can make a burrow like leap from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen. And it was like, Well, that seems impossible. And he and done did not. it. 
And what else do you want to see? I mean, like I said, it's not like they're fighting for bowl eligibility. They're fighting for 10 wins. They've been entertaining, and they're on television. Yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, like, he's the best player in the sport. He's the best quarterback in the game. He's the most clutch player out there. He's the definition of a most valuable oh player. God. Take him off of his team oh, God, and no. watch the wheels fall off. Please don't. Like, watch the wheels fall off. Remember, no slight to us. It's no, just he's been no, this that guy good. is He's elite. in control of the team right now. Like, the guy is elite, man. He is playing the quarterback position at a level that we've only seen one other guy do, and we swore when we saw it we'd never see it again. Yes. It's like Jesus has come back. He rolled the rock away. I mean, here he is just five years later showing up and playing at a level that nobody can compete with. As far as competition from an individual standpoint, there's no one player out there that I have seen that dominates and carries his team like Jaden Daniels does. Are there guys out there that are talented and very, uh, like, have the talent to, to be the centerpiece of their team? Yes, Marvin Harrison, Michael Penix. I mean, all these Bo Nicks, these guys are good. Drake May, studs. But I mean, every single Saturday, do they make the plays and carry their team like Jaden Daniels does? It's not even close. It's not even up for debate. And the fact that it's being debated on whether or not this guy deserves to be here is the most confusing part of what I'm watching in college football. It's like, well, what? Don't you all go back to the numbers? Don't you all fall back on the numbers? And the numbers don't at least tell you for the people that may not be watching him and understand how good and what he means to his team. The numbers don't sell you. Do you think that it was a little bit of, like, understand what the Vegas odds were before the season where Jane Daniels was a top three, top five in the Heisman odds, but it felt like nobody in the media was anywhere close to sniffing Jane Daniels as a Heisman pick. And now that it's become so almost like clear and evident, they don't want to get off their stance of, oh, I picked Marvin Harrison. Bo Nix had a Heisman campaign before the year even started with Nike. And with they, he was on billboards everywhere. And now Michael Penix is just a good fun story. Or it's, oh, he tore two, two ACLs, he transferred. I mean, how many times have we been in football, though, that the story just buds in front of your face? I mean, the flower blooms within the season. It's not as if you go in and you're saying, hey, this is my guy, and if he doesn't work out, I'm going to die on this hill. I mean, it's, hey, I thought that this was going to be the guy. He turned out not to be the guy. The story really is in Baton Rouge with what Jaden Daniels and that offense is doing. And I feel like that happened over the weekend, right? Like every yeah. every radio show I've listened yeah, like I, to. Like I, like I said, I mean, I, I think everywhere you turn now, people are paying attention to Jaden Daniels. I mean, he did something that's never been done in the history 600 of 600 yards? I mean, the throwing for 200, I mean, the running for 200, the throwing for 350. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> what, what do I got to do? What else you want? I mean, what, what, what else do you want? And credit to LSU and Cody Warsham and everybody that works for the LSU, like the – Obviously, the social media team, they got that thing rolling quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of LSU and the brand. That's what they talk about all the time. Like, you come to LSU, it's not necessarily like Texas A&M NIL, but LSU can make you famous pretty overnight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're seeing that with Jade Daniels. They put out a commercial yesterday. It's all over social. Like, the, the train is rolling. It's all over rolling. billboards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, remember our friends over at Jude's Hot Chicken and Shrimp, located at 3930 Burbank Drive. They're That's open fine. 1030 to 930. 
You can hit them on social media. You can hit them online, judesbr.com. Uh, make sure and try the shrimp and chicken options with all the sauces like the Nashville Fire and the Nashville Honey. Uh, they do make milkshakes as well over there at Jude's Hot Chicken and Shrimp, located at Burbank. Uh, Stewie's a regular over there. I am. Uh, how many times you hit him up, Stewie, this weekend? Uh, I did not go this weekend. I went... I think I went last like last Thursday. He did after you did the first ad read for it. Yeah. He was like you put it in his brain. He, he did, and it was, it was just as good as the first time. Mm. Mm. Get lost in the sauce over our friends Always. Jude's Hot Chicken and Shrimp. They can follow him on social media at Jude's underscore br. At Jude's underscore br is where you hit him on uh, social media. Great game day spot if you want to find him over on Burbank. Uh, Thirty nine thirty uh, Burbank. Jude's Hot Chicken and Shrimp online. Jude's br. Com. All right, this Brian Kelly sound from yesterday. Let's get to it. Uh, Kelly, yesterday, this is the opening statement here uh, as him addressing LSU, Jaden Daniels, and where his quarterback stands. Somebody's got to dress up. Hi, uh, good afternoon. Um, do a quick recap of the Florida game. Um, I think we start off with uh, just a great environment in Tiger Stadium. Excited to see our fan base come out and um, you know create a great atmosphere uh, for our our, our football team. Um, you know, again, I think what's important to point out was uh, an incredible individual performance um, by Jaden Daniels, uh, who certainly put himself uh, as a uh, a Heisman candidate uh, with that performance, but it's been a body of work that certainly, um, you know, I think he's number one in the nation in total offense, passing touchdowns, uh, rushing yards by a quarterback, pass efficiency, um, just a, an incredible um, night uh, of offensive football and scoring 52 points, over 700 yards in total offense. Um, you know, again, the offense ranks top 10 in the nation in uh, nine categories, number one in the nation in total offense, pass efficiency, and plays of 20-plus yards. Um, also, Jaden Daniels was named the SEC Offensive Player of the Week, and Charles Turner was the SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. So um, those uh, awards keep uh, coming down um, on this offensive group that has been um, elite all year, so it was fun to to watch them, um, and and again, uh, you know, a gritty performance uh, by our football team. We weren't perfect, uh, but our guys played hard for four quarters, and um, you know, respect the, the competition uh, being in the SEC. That the, you're going to get everybody's best, and I thought we got uh, our opponent's best. Um, uh, Saturday night. We flip the script now and, um, you know, get ready for a Georgia State team that, you know, obviously comes in with nothing to lose, everything to gain. And for us, you know, still about, you know, looking towards, um, you know, getting better each and every week. This will be about our preparation. This will be about uh, how we get better um, in, in all facets. Uh, we want to continue to work towards, um, you know, uh, our, our offensive production being consistent week in and week out. We have players that are, 
you know, certainly uh, at the pinnacle uh, of, of uh, their uh, particular position that, that want to continue to stay there and certainly defensively continue to grow. We're playing a lot of young players. We want them to continue to uh, get better at that, their craft as well. So um, excited to be back home again and we finished the season at home. Uh, it's been a uh, obviously, uh, for us, uh, difficult road games. Um, our team has battled, put ourselves in a position now uh, to finish the season strong. So we'll open it up to questions. Uh, that was Kelly yesterday meeting with the media and talking about his quarterback. Here he is speaking about uh, more on his quarterback, this time off the field. Process with him. Approachable. Uh, and when I say approachable, I mean, he's never been a guy that has built a bubble around himself. He has been a guy that has, um, you know, I think made himself available to uh, everybody on the team, whether it's an offensive player or a defensive player. Um, and I, I think that, you know, when somebody comes in and transfers in, um, you know, their guard is up. His, his has always been one where, you know, he's been approachable. Uh, he's always been somebody that has reached out to others on our football team. And, and I just think that's made our, our entire team embrace him uh, because he's been so readily available to everybody on our team, not just the offensive players, but the defensive players. And his demeanor, his personality, you see him smiling on the sideline all the time. That's the way he is, whether he's in meetings or whether he's in the football building, he has that personality and I think it's infectious. Uh, more on Daniels. This is Daniels on his play on the field, on how it has helped the recruiting pitch for LSU at the quarterback position. Well, I think in certain instances, if, if Jaden Daniels was coming back next year, um, you know, it certainly affects it in some fashion. Or let's say he was a sophomore. Um, it, it certainly would affect it a little bit, right? But now that he is certainly in his last season of competition, um, you know, it opens up just the fact that, you know, player development and the ability to uh, compete for the Heisman Trophy exists at LSU because it's not only right now, but it happened a few years ago uh, with another LSU quarterback. So now you're starting to build not an accident, uh, but a trend here uh, at LSU. So um, that obviously speaks to recruiting and the ability to recruit um, elite quarterbacks to LSU. Uh, the recruiting message definitely picking up steam on the quarterback spot. Bryce Underwood, of course, in LSU's crosshairs, the number one quarterback, the number one player in the country, uh, which has uh, definitely helped that message uh, seep through from a uh, just a, a, a messaging standpoint from the coaching staff. Speaking of the coaching staff, this is Six Stewie. Jimmy Lindsay returned to action on Saturday night. Brian Kelly uh, explained his role are integrating back with you guys yeah he has just finished um his um his uh, again his treatments so he is in a um uh, a part-time capacity really uh, it's it's we're so excited about um you know where he is medically um but but there are um contingencies in terms of what he can do he's he's not out there you know 15 hours a day and uh doing those things but we're gradually for his own health uh we're, we're bringing him back uh, much more in an administrative role uh so that is brian kelly on jimmy Lindsay, as you can hear there uh the administrative role 
uh, for Lindsey. I would expect them to uh, really put somebody in place there from a defensive line standpoint pretty quickly who can get on the job and be effective and work at this gig uh, and begin to bring players in and begin to develop. We've talked a lot about defensive back throughout the season as a place and a port uh, and a a position group on the field uh, that that LSU is really set back on right now. Uh, the same could be said for defensive tackle, especially when you look to the future of it and down the line. They have missed in recruiting on many of players. It is not Jimmy Lindsay's fault. Uh, Jimmy Lindsay is just the latest in line of of a revolving door of defensive line coaches that have come here and not been able to stick um, and not be able to consistently get out on the trail and sell a message. And that has affected LSU's room. That has affected the ability to, um, you know, really set the room up and, and put players in it and develop guys. Um, on the opposite side of the ball, offensively, the coaching staff is is – more than doing their job, right? I mean, you're talking about recruiting the best players in the country, getting them to LSU, and then watching them and and, and developing them into uh, future pros. Here is Brian Kelly explaining the role and the job that guys like Mike Denbrock, Joe Sloan have done on the offensive side of the ball. Sure. Yeah, I'm, look – there's an offensive coordinator that that is responsible for you know orchestrating this and and play calling you know has a lot to do with it when he's not you know when the offense is not running well i mean you know Matt House has gotten a ton of criticism this year as the defensive uh, coordinator. If our offense isn't going well, Mike Dembrock will get a ton of criticism for, you know, what would be happening on offense. So he deserves a lot of credit for what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. He is, you know, he's the chief play caller. Um, so that comes with the job, right? That comes with the title. Um, but it is a shared responsibility. Joe Sloan is, is intimately involved in, in everything we, we do. Uh, Cortez Hankton is. Um, Brad is. You know, uh, Coach Wilson. Uh, Frank does an incredible job in, in um, factoring in, in a number of those layers as well. So um, there's somebody that's going to get a lot of the credit uh, because of the title. Um, but, but everybody has a shared responsibility. And when it comes to the quarterback, you know, Joe Sloan should get, you know, a lion's share of the credit because he's in that room with them every single day. That's a great soundbite. You know, I mean, when, when you think of it, right, you think about credit, you think about criticism, you think about what we talk about in these these trades, and it's it, 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 it's such an outcome trade, right? I mean, it's it's judged, measured on the wins, the losses, the outcome, the production, the effectiveness of it, and we sure as hell have pounded on Matt House, right, and the defensive staff, and deservedly so. The same you know, has to happen from the offensive staff with the praise and and compliments that they deserve in the development of what's happening on that side of the ball. And, you know, I mean, that's why the 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 coaching profession is I mean, it, it's it's wild in the emotion of it, because, you know, I mean, one day you're up next day you're down. I mean, you know, from from Matt House last season to where he is this year, it's been, you know, a complete 180 degree turn from a, a feeling, from a confidence from a trust standpoint, uh, from at least the fans to to that side of the ball, and from an offensive standpoint, how much faith do you have in Joe Sloan? How much faith do you have in Mike Dembrock, Cortez Hankton, Frank Wilson, and crew? You know, I mean, but they're rolling out every Saturday this this product that is 
you know, I mean, it, it's it's just so potent. It, it's so good. And deservedly, they they need the recognition on that. Um, he did update the status of John Emery. And we don't have to play the bite here, but it is just Brian Kelly confirming that John Emery did, in fact, tear his ACL and will be out for the remainder of the season, obviously. Um, this I'm is hurt, a, a story that you hate to hear. Um, they can't catch a break. And, I'm you know, from, right. from Emery's standpoint, it's just been, man, it, it just now his LSU football career chapter closes and you know there there is a little bit of 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 what if there is a little bit of what could have been there are some highs uh th- there's there's definitely some lows but i think when when you got the commitment from the number one back in the country back in 2018 and and was hoping what he was going to be um man it's 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 disappointing for him uh, it's sad for him in the way that it ends because we got that Game of Thrones season it, finale. It, it was yeah, for sure. Started off great. Game of Thrones yeah. season one was awesome. John Emery season one was fantastic. Yep, I thought we were about to see a movie, Dang. but I just feel bad for him because I don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, it'll be it. it it'll be uh, the highs were so high though. They were. They were great. I mean, the touchdown against Bama. They were great. Touchdown. He could touchdown go touchdown against yeah. Florida. Auburn. 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 Like it, it's so many moments where you could just I go mean, back and be like, he high wild. stepping. Yes, uh, he wowed us so many times. I mean, Shaq in the background. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, even Saturday, that that the movie. Oh made my the god. Coach, he, I mean, people forget. Like in 2019. They were like trying to make him a part of the offense. They gave him three touches against Georgia Southern, and he oh. like he nearly scored mm-hmm. on one of them, and he made it all the way until the Florida game. As far as playing, and then he made one mistake, and then Burrow, you know, mf'd him out of the game, he and did. you never saw John Emery again. <laughs> but I mean, even like, that was a movie. I mean, it was. Yep. He, then he what scores. an opening act for right. John Emery. Then he right? scores in the playoff. Yeah, yeah, against Oklahoma. That's right. He just kept popping up. Right? I mean, they obviously loved him. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like, I mean, they were like, this kid is going to be a player. Yes. No, like, because but, the high school highlights of John Emery I are... Mean, the LSU highlights. Yeah. The highs are high, the lows I mean, are low. I mean, you ever seen his spark? Really and truly, the first movie made on Saturday Night to move, to, to miss that guy in the hole was like a high... That was like a retro... OG. Emery. John Emery. From, the, from the opening. That's what like, he would do. Like, in high, like, you think you'd have him and you wouldn't touch him. You would whiff. And it felt like he was about to go off. Oh, he was about to. They were about to let him cook. He was feeling it. Uh He He made one too many moves. Mm. I don't know what he did. Really? He was was feeling it so much. He turned completely around. (laughs) He was was, was, (laughs) in his bag. Yeah, he could have. Because he definitely probably could have just kept running and scored. Of course, but John's going to go full John. This is nine. nine. Kelly talking about the best wide receiver in the country. It's John Emery. I think he's the best wide receiver in the country. And I'm sure that um, Coach Day is going to say that his guy is the best. And I totally understand that. But um, Malik Neighbors, in terms of what he does, uh, you know, on jet sweeps, what he does in terms of yards after the catch, catching the ball down the field, um, I think he is... uh, you know, multi-dimensional in, in what he does, leading the, the country in receiving yards. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's the best receiver in the country and deserving of, of um, you know, being a, a Blitnikoff uh, award winner. Agreed. 
Uh, hit that like button. We're going to talk to Brooke Kirchhofer here coming up in a couple of minutes. Brooke will give us the latest on the New Orleans Saints. What's going on with Derek Carr? What's the latest at the quarterback situation? Uh, we will talk to her about this defense as well. Come back with us. New Orleans Saints discussion, just like we do every Tuesday here with Brooke Kirchhofer. A conversation brought to you by our friends over at Go Roof. Remember, online at G-E-A-U-X, roof.com, G-E-A-U-X, roof.com. You can call them at 225-927-8300, 225-927-8300. You get a two-year free workmanship guarantee with all new roof installations with our friends over at Go Roof. You can count on Go Roof. For roof repair, roof installation, or roof maintenance. That's residential roofing, commercial roofing, or just roofing repairs. Online, G-E-A-U-X, roof.com. G-E-A-U-X, roof.com. Some rain come through over the last couple of hours here in Baton Rouge. If you see any leaks, if you have some roof issues, get in touch with Go Roof today. They'll be up on the roof. They can diagnose the problem. They'll work directly with the insurance company and take the headaches out for you. Online, G-E-A-U-X, roof.com, a beautiful roof every single time. Back with Brooke Kirchhofer next here on the Jordy Collada Show, built by R&B. Now I'm just driving around it. They said I need a soul searching. I already found it. I unlocked my other side. Now I'm sounding astounded. Drive by and let it ride like a whip in a Tesla. Pressure never phase me because I'm bigger than pressure. I'm on my grind bullshit. Can't fit on my schedule. I'ma do what's best with me. You can keep all your lectures. Spend the summer stacking bread. Might be gone to November. Pulling up like Trey Young just to freeze up December. I got niggas on the blood like traditional sinners. OGs love me so I hang with traditional All right, welcome back here. Jordy Collada Share live here on this Tuesday. Remember, we are brought to you by Katie's Restaurant down in New Orleans on Everville Street. One of our favorites. Stop in and see Scott Craig and the crew down at Katie's. Might see Brooke Kirchhofer down there, New Orleans.Football. She covers the Saints for the crew. They were up in Minnesota this weekend. Brutal loss for the Saints. They lose Derek Carr, their quarterback. Jameis comes in and just goes, epic Jameis. He's <laughs> got the I full mean, experience. Like, rolls left, throws all the way back right, ends the game into a triple coverage pick. I mean, Hell it was yeah. I'm about to empty the clip, Coach. Yeah. Retro. <laughs> I don't Jameis think they called Winston. a run play when he was in. It was, <laughs> I'm, I'm audible. Turtle. They did. Turtle. It never made it to the line <laughs> no. of scrimmage. Uh, here to help us break it down is the best Brooke Kirchhofer, as she is always here with us every Tuesday. Tuesday, rocking the gear from New Orleans. Football, uh, as you can catch her here every Tuesday with us. Brooke, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Yeah, I got to rock the hat. It's the bye week. It's yes, the bye week. I feel that. Um, Great time I, for it. Brooke, Minnesota. Uh, obviously, yeah. the uh, the Saints uh, struggle up there offensively. Can't get it going, uh, both offensively and defensively. Uh, you guys made the trip from New Orleans. Football. What was it about Sunday that the Saints just could not get over the hump? Everything so bad. It it was so, so bad this weekend there. Look, offensively, couldn't move the ball, had a field goal at halftime under, I believe, just around 110 offensive yards. Meanwhile, Minnesota is absolutely teeing off on with rookie or excuse me, with Joshua Dobbs, who is his very first time starting Mm. in U.S. Bank Stadium, just his second time playing with this Vikings team. You wouldn't have known it. Could have fooled me. Yes, could have fooled a (laughs) lot of people. He picked up almost 300 yards at halftime alone. And really the only saving grace to make this an eight-point game was one, Jameis Winston coming in and kind of providing a spark. Like you mentioned, you get the Jameis Winston experience, two touchdowns, two interceptions also what helped the saints is for some reason 
Minnesota went away from the quarterback runs, the quarterback scrambles. It was the traditional run game, and that's what the Saints were able to defend in the second half well. I don't know why the Minnesota Vikings went away from the run plan they had in the first half because it was just torching the Saints defense. Uh, what is going on with the defense, Brooke? I mean, a couple of weeks ago we were talking championship level worthy. We were asking yeah. a question at least. Uh, now after watching on Sunday, they have some holes everywhere. What is it with this group that seems to be falling apart? Mobile quarterbacks, it has been a problem for this team for years. Dennis Allen, the way that he approaches mobile quarterbacks is kind of like to just corral them instead of collapsing the pocket early. It's not working, Mm -hmm. whatever they have been doing. And it was so frustrating for this team, especially talking with them in the locker room after the loss. I mean, Malcolm Roach was almost in tears. The rest of the guys were just so frustrated of – yeah, come on, come into the locker room. What do you want to know? Like, I know what you're going to ask. This is what we talked about all week. We failed at doing it. He was able to run everywhere. We weren't able to keep him in the pocket. When we tried, he was able to move out and extend plays with his legs. I mean, he only had 44 rushing yards at the end of the game, but if you were to account for the scrambling yards or he that, that go into the passing yards, I mean, he probably ran for over 100 yards in this game if, if you count the – the plays where he just kept it alive and then dumped it off to somebody. I mean, Joshua Dobbs did everything right, at least through the first three quarters, and the defense did everything wrong. And they better get it together because with the Falcons after the bye week, if you get Taylor Heineke, you have more of a mobile quarterback. But as we've seen, the Saints make non-mobile quarterbacks mobile, like a Trevor Lawrence and a Tyson Bajet. So whether it's Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke, this defense needs to get back on track. This offense has a lot of questions. Derek Carr is believed to have not sustained any serious injuries with that right shoulder. He is in concussion protocol. Michael Thomas, we don't really know the full extent. So Dennis Allen said he does have a significant injury, but from the sources we heard after the game, it was a matter of more of being the team being kind of safe with that knee injury. Uh, We believe that he got the leg caught in the turf there in Minnesota. So we'll see there, but the big concern is Marshawn Lattimore, who does have a high ankle sprain. Mm. As we know, if you'd have an ankle sprain, you would prefer to have the low ankle sprain because the timetable to come back is a little bit quicker with the high ankle sprain. You really aren't sure. Uh, right now they're saying it's it's week to week, but we will see. You know, the Saints bye week couldn't come at a better time. But, man, this was a game where I believe six, at least six Saints got injured in this game. Thankfully, only two of them are the ones that are kind of a big concern. Malcolm Roach left the game with Marshawn Lattimore at the end, and Malcolm Roach is fine. Alante Taylor left at one point. He was fine. It looked like Chris Olave pulled up at one point. He is also fine. Perfect time for a bye week, and they don't have any choice but to get back, get set, and figure things out. As far as the coaching front, we do not expect any changes to come this week. Unfortunately for Saints fans, this is probably what it's going to look like for the rest of the season. Now it's a matter of, look, you still are in first place in the division. It's so weird. They're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. They do still have an opportunity to stay on this path and potentially make the playoffs. It's crazy to even be saying that right now, given the Saints have just been struggling now on both sides of the ball. Do you expect, I know that... Um... Uh, I know that Dennis Allen kind of shut this down after the game on mm-hmm. quarterback 
and, and where they go from the future standpoint. But, Brooke, I, I got to be honest, just a feeling here. When Jameis is in the yeah. game, it feels like you have a chance. I, I mean, I don't feel like you've got a chance to – I mean, I, I know that it's, it, it's good, it could blow up real quick. It's worth the price of admission. But it, it does feel like the ball <laughs> is going to be in the air down the field with a chance to make the play. What, what do you feel from this quarterback position on how this thing shakes out the next couple of weeks? You have to think about it, right? I yeah, mean, that's yeah. what you would imagine. Yes, it's the Jameis experience where it's kind of you, you kind of know what you're going to get. It's going to be this roller coaster. Hey, it's the first time I've watched this offense in a couple weeks since the indie game and been like, wow, this is so fun to watch. The Jameis Winston throw to A.T. Perry. We are still trying to figure out how he made that play happen. Incredible. A.T. Perry's very first <laughs> NFL touchdown. But no, Dennis Allen said Derek Carr is still our quarterback. It's what we're going with. Look, let me just show you some of the stats here. So Derek Carr completed 13 of 18 passes for 110 yards, no touchdowns, Arf. no interceptions. Jameis Winston completed 13 of 25 passes for 122 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. <laughs> so it's – Right. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, you get what you get with, with Jameis Winston, but for me it was – he injected life into that game. And yep. we talked with the guys in post game and it was, we're in it. Like Jameis got them at least within reach of it, at least to tie it at the end of the game. And look, if you go and watch that one, I believe it was one of the series, Jameis Winston put it on Taysom Hill perfectly twice, drop, drop. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I can't remember who he threw to right after that. Same thing. I mean, it, it wasn't all on Jameis Winston in the end of that game. There were opportunities for the Saints to at least tie it. But when you go into halftime down as much as they did, man, it was just it was just brutal. You just didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel for the Saints to come out of this one with a win. Unfortunately, it's it, you know they head into the bye week now, kind of five and five. They haven't had an opportunity to at least go six and four. It's just not the situation the the Saints are in now. Um, Brooke, uh, the, the, the turf in Minnesota, I, I, mm-hmm. is the NFL going to do something about this? I, I believe they call it this, is it slit turf uh, or this slit yes. film turf uh, that they have yeah. out in Los Angeles? They have it in Minnesota. They have it in some of the newer, the, the, the newer fields. And I saw Travis Kelsey went down a couple of weeks ago for KC when they were playing Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And Mike Thomas retweeted something that an ESPN reporter who covers the Minnesota Vikings wrote about the the turf. Have you heard anything, at least internally, from an NFL standpoint on 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 a remedy for this? Because this seems to be an issue. I know Odell tore his knee up in the Super Bowl on on this type yeah. of turf. Is is there anything working here in, in, in the NFL? It's got to be something they have to look at because it is a serious concern. Like I said, from sources we heard after the game, it was a matter of Michael Thomas's knee kind of getting stuck in or his leg getting stuck in the turf and that affecting his knee so nick and i actually went after the game and walked the length of the field and you can trip walking in regular shoes at a regular walking pace on that turf it does have the slits on it to where it's every other i don't know five ten or probably ten every ten yards you can kind of it has that divot that's up where the slits are and if you're you can't Yeah, if you if you can't walk on, why would you want your team to play on it? Like I had imagined, Minnesota would would want to get that changed. There were some some opinions even too about the new turf that's in the Superdome. So we know how turf is around the league. What the general statistics are as far as injuries. Look, if it were 
up to the players, every stadium would had not would have natural grass. Now you have some situations where it's the Superdome where no light is coming in, so it'd be really hard to keep the grass alive. But it's something they really have to consider and put a man consider on the changing pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Thank you. No more excuses. Figure it out, right? It if out. the sun's not coming into the dome, <laughs> figure out how to put grass in there. Even if you have to lay it down each week, I don't know, but. But something has to change. I mean, for us to just walk on the field and it was that bad that even we were tripping on it, I can't imagine if a cleat catches it. I mean, I'd imagine you go straight down or if you've got somebody pulling you down and your foot gets caught, it's, it's room for injury right there. So Saints fall back to 500 heading into the bye week. Um, how do you expect they use this week, Brooke? I'd like to say it's to get coaching back on track. I mean, this is a, we're at a point right now where when the team is playing like it is and where it seems like it's a lot of individuals and not necessarily a team, that does get back to coaching. And it's it's got to be the defensive line. It's got to be secondary. It's got to be offensive line. It's got to be the wide receivers. I mean, why did the wide receivers change their body language when Jameis Winston came into the game? Why was the defensive line so terrible again against a mobile quarterback? And when we asked Malcolm Roach about it in postgame, he said, even if a coach makes a bad play call, we still have to do it to the best of our ability. That's the first time I've heard somebody on the defense call out coaching. And when you have players – that continue to say that week after week. We've heard it from the offensive side of the ball. Now we're hearing it from the defensive side of the ball. They have to get coaching under control and figure out how to manage to bring this team together for the rest of the season. You've got seven games left. You are in a good position. And if you if they're still riding for Dennis Allen, if they don't get to the playoffs, they're putting their head coach in a position to get fired. I think they're is going to be a lot of questions surrounding the offensive coordinator. I think that seat is more hot than the head coach, but the head coach is also the defensive coordinator. And we have now seen two back-to-back terrible defensive performances. Those five takeaways are going to cloud two weeks ago, okay? But three, three quarters into that game two weeks ago, it was one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen from the Saints in my lifetime. So it, it's got to get corrected immediately. You do have the week off. Yes, Dennis Allen kind of lets his players go and take several days off, but it, well, maybe it's not such Michael a hard – this week. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a hard – it's a – well, gosh, I know. Can we have a quiet bye week, please? Nobody hand- – Everybody handle their business off the field, but no, I, it's a weird situation to be in because if you're the head coach, you most likely want everybody to stay in this week and stay in the facility and figure things out and get things corrected. But it's the bye week. He's going to let his players off for the week. You hope when they come back to get corrected next Monday that they can start putting things together and get ready for the Atlanta Falcons on the road. This is the first time they're playing the Falcons this year. It's a really good opportunity for the Saints to stay in good position in the division, but we'll see what happens. Brooke, good to see you. Have a good week. Have a good bye week. We will talk to you uh, next week as the Saints get ready for Atlanta. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Have a good week. There she is, Brooke Kirchhoffer, checking in from NewOrleans.Football. Make sure and follow them online and uh, read their work. You can follow her on social media, at Brooke Chesney, if you want to keep up with what's happening uh, with New Orleans Saints. NewOrleans.Football. 
NewOrleans.footballonline. Hour two next, Jordy Collada Show. Come back with us as we are built by RMB every single day. May bend but never break, your cloth is legit When you return in rare form, they all gonna be sick You ever seen a living legend, just know that I'm me Slow grind like IT, just know that I'm me Now I'm back up in my bag, I'm giving them fits Bounce a bat like John Morant, you know that I'm lit Making plays like Jack Bash, I'm never gonna sit Had to be patient, so I waited for this situation Now that I'm focused, I'ma take it with no hesitation The hard times that I hated gave me inspiration Hi, welcome back, Barker Brothers Plumbing and Works Bringing you our show every single day, shout out to Jude Barker and the crew, and you can find them. You simply call them the Barker Brothers Plumbing and Works. You can get in touch with them, 749-2650 is the phone number. They are across the river in Plaquemine. they got a couple of trucks in Baton Rouge every single day so they can help you out over at Barker Brothers Plumbing and Works. Get in touch with Jude and the crew over there and tell them you heard it right here on the Colada Show over at uh, Barker Brothers Plumbing and Works. All right, tough day for LSU recruiting yesterday. Uh, we had mentioned this a couple of weeks back on the show on whether or not Kai Bates was going to stick with his commitment. We had talked about his tackling or his inability, at least in the analysis of tackling. And yesterday, Kai B- uh, Bates confirmed uh, that he had decommitted uh, from LSU, a four-star cornerback. So uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, Andre Miller... And uh, is it Andre Evans? Andre Evans. Andre Evans out of Nashville and Kai Bates out of Orlando have both decommitted from the defensive backfield to LSU. And this is uh, just, look, this is stuff that that we've known LSU has been struggling in. This is a place that LSU has got to improve and got to get better, and we've recognized that. I really believe that you start to see some movement take shape here in the next couple of days or weeks on, on trying to fix that. You know, from the coaching standpoint, this is obviously something that is is not playing out to how LSU needs this to be played out, and you've got to find the people in place that can make this happen. Because right now, LSU's inability to bring in defensive players at a position of need. I mean, if you can't sell the cornerback room on the road right now at LSU, I, I what else? What else do you want? I mean, there, there, there's open spots. There's playing time. There's a brand. There's the SEC. There's, you know, exposure. There's, there's everything that 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 big time highlight recruits want, and LSU has to sell. And for whatever reason, uh, it is just not translating uh, to the players. And we've given our theory on it. We've talked a little bit about it, and you know why we believe this is this is happening, and why LSU cannot. Uh, you know, really make an impact here. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, it, it goes back to the coaching element of it. And it goes back to the ability to evaluate, the ability to recruit, the ability to develop, and then the ability to sell that over and over again to players in high school, in junior college, in the transfer portal that can make a difference to you winning football games. Because right now the message is just not hitting. The message is just not there. And, you know, for LSU to lose out on a cornerback once again, it's, it's, it's inexplicable. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, you, you, you cannot 
you you can't have happen right now. Brian Kelly yesterday on how important the young defensive backs getting these reps are. Stewie, this is 13 of LSU and Kelly discussing what's going on in the defensive backfield room. Games that they've really yeah, it's 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 absolutely crucial for all of them, and and you know whether they're freshmen or you know um, in, in their second season of competition, and and for some, um, their second season of competition is not much either. You know, uh, Laterrence Welch hasn't played very much. Um, you know, Jordan Allen hasn't played very much. He played a lot on Saturday. So, even those guys that that are out there, it's absolutely crucial. Um, first of all, that they're on film because we've got to be able to teach off of the film that they have, um, and and then be able to correct and and build some confidence with them moving forward. So it's these are crucial times for them. Yeah, the teaching part of the aspect and the development part of the aspect is something that I think LSU fans, I think LSU is looking to get out, especially from the defensive side of the ball. Stewie, this is 10 on the balance between building your roster through high school and transfer portal. Potentially the portal. Sure, good question. I think now... um, you know, really selective in terms of the needs uh, for our program. Um, as I've said, and I've made this very clear, uh, we want to build it with freshmen. So this freshman class is going to be a large freshman class, um, and we want to build it there first and foremost. But there are areas that we want to be able to top off with some premier players. And, you know, obviously, if, if look, if you're looking at the wide receiver position, if we went into the portal there, you have to match it up with a guy like Malik Neighbors, you know, if he ever went early. Uh, I don't think he would. Well, <laughs> obviously we'll find out. But, you know, if it's a guy like that, right, you know, you, you have to look at the talent that you have in your program and measure it accordingly. So that's one side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, then you're measuring the talent that you might lose on defense and be able to measure it accordingly. So it's measuring the talent accordingly to, to what's available and, and, and who might be out there. But it's building it with the freshmen um, and, and then you know, finding the particular players that, that might measure up to the players that you have in your program. Brian Kelly yesterday talking about the balance in roster building here for LSU going into his third season as far as the recruiting goes. And look, this freshman class is going to be big in numbers. It doesn't matter if it's big in numbers if it doesn't hit areas of need. Right? I mean, I I think LSU has seen this many a times where they have had dominant recruiting classes, yet they've missed on position groups that they were desperate to, to fill. Offensive line was one usually back in the day that they would continuously just not be able to sign prospects. They would not be able to get guys in the cycle. They would sign DBs. They would sign wide receivers. They'd sign running backs. They'd sign defensive linemen. They couldn't sign offensive linemen for a long string of time. For whatever reason right now, they're swinging and missing on these DBs. Wardell Mack flipped his commitment from Florida to Texas earlier this week. Kai Bates decommitted. Andre Evans decommitted. I mean, these are these are big time stories and big time storylines that LSU has to hit on. And if they can't hit, it'll be a lot like what we've seen this year with LSU. 
Really good offense. Can't stop anybody on defense. And I don't know about you, but I just... I, I can't imagine them not fixing that. I, I LSU defensively being so far off, it just... It, it's not... It's it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense for this reason. Not because I you're some prideful LSU fan and you can't stand the fact that LSU doesn't field a defense. You can't have it happen because your state produces as many defensive players per capita as any state out there that you have to hit on the majority of them year in, year out. And that has been the formula to winning for decades here. And whatever reason you know, we've speculated on why that, that, that approach has changed. They have to find their footing and get back to making sure and getting the best players, especially defensively, in the state. I, how can you miss offensively right now? I mean, if you're selling to an offensive player in either high school, football, junior college transfer portal, the message has to hit very solid. Right from from LSU standpoint, offensively, they've got the number one offense in the country. They've got the Heisman Trophy front runner. They've got skill position players everywhere. They're trending towards the Joe Moore Award for the offensive line. I mean, they have call. They have all of what a dominant offense needs defensively. That they're so far behind that they can't. They can't run with as good of an offense as they have, much less even compete with them to complement who they are to build the team. They are they are the biggest pain point for LSU's offense. I mean, LSU has to overcome their defense to win. They hadn't been able to do it three times. You have to play perfect offensively. It feels like if you if you punt once. I think they've punted 18 times this year. It's not a lot. Right. And you've lost three games because you just can't get out your own way defensively. And I don't know if it's, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of chatter about Matt House. You know, people want to see him go. I don't know if it's as big as a wholesale change as that, but I think you see probably something change, right? There's no way you run back. Oh, there's no way. You can't run back. There's no way that you can room. run this back. There's no way. There's no way. The the the, the, the misses. Ace Jordan. So if Louisiana produces so many DBs, then why are you worried about these out of town commitment decommitments? Because they're missing on the in state guys too. Jordan Matthews is at Tennessee. Derek Williams is at Texas. Jacoby Matthews is at Texas A and M. Wardell Max going to Texas. Didn't even sniff LSU. Jordan Gilbert's at Texas A and M. I mean, I, you have to get the in state guys. Pass them back, eggs. But that's where you and that's where you think that the the wholesale changes at Texas A and M it might be LSU saving grace. I don't know who they would, how quickly you can get into the portal this offseason if they do make changes and who you would bring in to do that. But that's what you need is somebody that could go pilfer that roster because they are they'll be able to play immediately. They'll get a waiver, and if you can get somebody in that can, because there's. There's no other way to look at it. You can't recruit it. The, the room's not getting recruited. Well, I mean, you're look at it. You, you you can't. Not only can you recruit guys in, you can't hold guys that you have. And I don't know I mean, if that's a sign of what's to come. If they're being told other things, or if they're hearing from other, you know, like that's what happens whenever a staff guard starts to get turnover. Or there's whispers of turnover that maybe they're hearing from whoever was recruiting them. Like, hey, I ain't gonna be here, so you can go look around. 
And I don't know if that's good or bad for LSU, but that's what it feels like, especially, I mean, you can kind of, I don't know, maybe draw some dots as to why Wardell Mack left and went to Texas. But to him not even sniff LSU shows that they just didn't even give him, I guess, they did something wrong. Well, I mean, it's just the disrespect. Right. I mean, that's that's what it is. It clearly and, feels disrespected. And and that is that is the message from other teams to players on LSU is that they can't coach you, they can't develop you, they can't get you to the next level. And what can LSU say to that? What what can LSU well, Patrick Peterson, yeah, I mean, cool. That was twenty ten. Right? I mean, you, you have to, recruiting in football is uh, what happened last night and what are you doing tomorrow? While it's all cool that DBU was here with Tyron Matthew and Morris Claiborne and Brandon Taylor and Patrick Peterson, no disrespect, but a kid in high school these days, they don't really know who those guys are. I mean, Hunter Fournette in the chat saying they're bringing in four DBs, yeah, but it's three, three of them are three stars and one of them plays quarterback. Like, Jawan Johnson doesn't spend a whole lot of time on the defense side of the football. That's a project. Well, and they've just missed on two guys. They've just had two guys decommit. They need to sign seven DBs. They need to sign six DBs. They're signing six, but they need to sign like eight. No, they need to sign high-end right. DBs. You've got Bernard Cosby, Wallace Foster. If you want to count Jawan Johnson, Jawan Johnson. He's, he's a corner. This is who's going to play at LSU. Right. I, I haven't seen it. Um and then you got Deshaun McBride at safety, who is their highest-rated, probably, defensive back recruit. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it's, sure, you're recruiting the room, but you're not getting guys that LSU's used to getting. I don't think that's any, I think that's a surprise to anybody. You can't act like it's fine. At cornerback. I mean, these two, the two safety prospects, they'll probably play next year. That's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. I, 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 I mean, Deshaun McBride might be the best safety in the country. Yeah. Yeah. I, if he's not, it, it's pulling hairs with the other guy. But, I mean, Joel Rogers, same thing. He's probably the fifth best safety in the country, if not the third. And Deshaun McBride will have the second. And that's part of it. They're going to have to play next year. Yeah. I mean, you want to come in and play. Yeah. But you that's... want those talented players to come in and play and have an impact on the team. They'll get run. And this is kind of why we were banging the table a little bit for to see the young guys play because what you've seen from them is good. Like yeah. Toviano's look good. I, I think they should have good. I was about to say I think they should roll with Toviano and Welch at corner for the rest of the season and and you'll something see, else with Harold Perkins. And you'll see him. Well, yeah, they're going off in the chat saying that this man is gonna that Harold Perkins is gonna enter the transfer portal. He's not entering the That's portal, what, I, man. What? It ain't worth. It's not worth what, it to him. I was I, like I don't understand that because what what more does he have to gain go by going to another school? Like they're probably still gonna try to use him on the outside. Try to. He'll be doing exactly what he's doing. He'll just be on a better defense, which is fine. But, I mean, playing what he's doing at LSU is highlighting how good he is because he's the only one that makes a play. So I don't think he's leaving. And LSU, they don't let people – they don't let your best player leave the school. LSU has never really allowed that to happen. Look what happened with Kayshawn Booty two years ago. Like, there was whisper sure that he was going to go somewhere. Guess what? He didn't. Like, Eli Ricks is one that got away, but I don't even know if they wanted him. So right. – Harold Perkins is not going to – if it's up to LSU, Harold Perkins is not going anywhere. Right. You'll be able to keep him around. No, I don't I don't anticipate Harold Perkins going anywhere. Um, what I anticipate is that they, they've got to go out and they've got to change the 
the coaching staff. I mean, to be frank, you know, I mean, they've got to get guys that can get people in here that can make LSU uh, relevant in, in, in recruiting discussions. That's, that's what they need more than anything because swinging and missing and recruiting is setting them back so far on Saturdays that it's tough for them to catch up. I mean, for, for every year that you miss in recruiting, it sets you back three years on the field. I mean, you, it, it is tough to overcome back-to-back classes and swinging and missing in certain positions. Well, you can fill the talent up in, in certain areas. If you don't hit on recruiting every single year at, at positions of need, it, it's a setback. And right now, LSU is tremendously set back. I mean, the 38 transfer players, the year that Brian Kelly got the job is obviously humongous. Um, but you need recruiting classes like they're about to sign, 30, 32 guys that that you can bring in to to really, you know, I mean, charge up the roster and get this thing relevant and competitive at certain positions that, that you got to be. I mean, defensive line and defensive tackle, or excuse me, defensive, defensive line and defensive back are just inexcusable on how far back they are. And it's clearly a point of emphasis. Like, he mentions it every time he yeah. talks about it. And if people want to discount signing Louisiana kids, I, w- I would say, like, John Emery is, like, a perfect example. Like, John Emery had every chance to leave LSU. He could have left LSU probably three years ago in 2020 and didn't because he's from Louisiana and he wanted to play at LSU. And people are saying, oh, why are y'all banging the table for Louisiana kids? That's why, because those kids are going to come to LSU and want to be at LSU. They're not going to want to be at Texas A&M or Texas or Florida or anywhere else but LSU. You just got to show them the love. Exactly. And they're going to stick it out if they have to compete for a position because they know, like, I want to be here. I want to play for my state. I want my family to be able to come watch me play. Like That's why Harold Perkins isn't going anywhere. Exactly. Like, well, that still plays. Not only that, I mean, you, you once you're at your school and once you're settled in, I mean – it does take a lot for somebody to want to up and move. I mean, it's not just as as flimsy as people may make it to be. I mean, once you're embedded, once you're in it, once you've put the work in, once you've created the relationships, once you've been a part of the program, once you've you know really tried to compete and put yourself in a best chance to to play, you know, I mean, it, it, it's tough to pull that that cord and say I want out, right? I mean, I just. I think that there's there there is something to that from the sense of, you know, you 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 pay your time, you pay your dues, you 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 put the work in, and you know you you don't just up and leave. Um, so, you know, we'll see, man. Um, remember our friends over at City Cafe. We reminded you last week they are taking care. I want to take care of your Thanksgiving needs over at. Uh, City Cafe, they can help you out over at uh, City Cafe on O'Neill and George O'Neill. Remember, they're located at 4710 O'Neill Lane, been in business for over 100 years. They want to prepare your Thanksgiving dinner. They got a 12 to 14 pound fried turkey, a couple of quarts of cornbread dressing, uh, quarts of uh, green beans or yams. Uh, you get turkey gravy, cranberry sauce. Uh, you can get all of that and feeds 10 to 12 people for $117.99. If you want to add on some seafood gumbo uh, or some corn and crab bisque uh, you can do that as well citycafebr.net citycafebr.net is the online address where you can put that order in uh, or you can check them out at City Cafe located on O'Neill Lane 4710 
O'Neill Lane, uh, citycafebr.net, taking care of your Thanksgiving, or at least they want to. Uh, we'll come back and close it out here. Jordy Collada Show, built by RMB. Greens, beans, tomatoes, potatoes. Welcome back here to Jordy Collada Show live here on this Tuesday morning. Give us a like, share, follow. If you have not subscribed, please click that subscription button before we get out of here as uh, we appreciate you being a part of today's show. Bada bing, bada boom, asking, what does Jordan Arsamont do? Jordan Arsamont, he's asking about Arsamont, the director of player development. Uh, bada bing, bada boom, says, I'll keep asking, fellas, because I want Jordy's take on Jordan Arsamont. I'm not wanting to bash him because he's from my hometown, but how much blame should be on him? Um, I mean, look, Jordan Arsenal's job title is to, it was, before he is in the position now, was to recognize who the recruits are and put them in the coach's evaluation tank and let them see if they wanted them. And he had good relationships with people around the state where he could put those things together. Now he's overseeing some NIL stuff, some things that are, more you know helpful to the the players that are currently in the program um was that, that was bo that was bo lowry yeah that was the one yeah that was celebrating though yeah sean um, payton can't pilfered us um just little jabs all the way on the way out but i just i mean jordan arsamont Taking blame for the the roster would be that's a bit above way way off base <laughs> i mean like he, he's he's trying to get nil deals. He's trying to work things that are on the current roster that he wants things you know done from a fundraising and uh, from a help standpoint. So um, I, I would think that criticism of Jordan Arsenal because of the state of the roster would be uh, misguided criticism, uh, honestly. And so you know, I mean, I think that Arsenal does a great job. I I, I think Arsenal should be the uh, he he should run football ops for. LSU. I think he should be the director of football operations over there. I mean, his his relationships around. He's great at his job. I, I don't think that there's any blame to put on him for the state of the roster. Uh, quite frankly, I'd more put that on like positionally. Yeah, like, right. I, I mean, because if you look it's, at the, it's it's the position coaches that have to set these relationships lay the groundwork down, and whoever the closer is, whether it's Frank Wilson, Brian Kelly, the coordinators, or whoever it is. Tee them up so they can get them in front of those people's face to close them. If they can do the full recruiting pitch where you went in the, the living room, take them back to school, show them around, show them how you're going to use them, and then close them, well, hey, man, you're going to be a head coach one day. It's a special skill set. But, I mean, first things first, they've got to get the guys in the, the, the coaching room that can evaluate can win in the living room and recruit to the roster. And then once they get here, they got to be able to develop them and coach them. And then you've got to replay that cycle over and 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 over again. That's why you can go into the living room and you can sell your resume of guys that Frank Wilson's resume of guys that he's recruited is miles long. 
because he's done it thousands and thousands of times. When Robert Steeple goes in the living room and tells you about all the guys that he's recruited from, De, you know, DeSmet High School in St. Louis, those are good players, right? But where where is the where's where's the development? Who's who have you put into the league? Who 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 can I get on the phone right now and will vouch for you and will say, yeah, if it wasn't for Coach Steve, I, I wouldn't be in the league. I wouldn't be the guy that I am. I wouldn't be the player that I am. I mean, those are the things that win in recruiting. Those are the things that aren't happening to to LSU, and those are the, that's how I believe he he's got to he's got to fix it pretty quick. Uh, per on three, 22 minutes ago, Quinn Ewers is expected to return to Texas for the 2024 season. Wow, Arch gonna have to wait another year. Talk about transfer transfer portal. Their backup quarterback. Oh, uh, Malik Murphy. Malik He's Murphy. Good. Is he good? He can sling it. I mean, if Quinn Ewers is going back, I mean, you gotta, and I mean, Arch, yeah. Arch is in tow, it's kind of like the Walker Howard, Nussmeyer, Jaden Daniels situation exactly. last year. Something's got to give. Right. And Because I can play. Right. Absolutely. Yes, yes, he can play. Absolutely, he can play. Um, so Look out for Florida. Heads up. Watch that one. Um. We were just looking at this Jimbo buyout. <laughs> and for, for perspective here, Ed Ogeron collected 17 and a half million bucks on a buyout, which is, that's good living, man. You know what I mean? Like that is good, healthy, paycheck, living, income. I mean, you're comfortable, right? It takes, a, house. takes a lot to spend that. You can Call. do it, but it takes a lot. You got to put some effort into it. I could do it. Uh, you could absolutely do it. Oh, for sure. Um, but you also couldn't. Right. You, you, you could also pass that on to your grandkids. Right. I mean, could I mean, you that's take, enough money where you can generationally live, you know, off the interest and live a good life. Let I mean, your you money t- make money. Uh, take, you could be an asshole, though. Yeah, you yeah. take 10 of those. <laughs> you, you could definitely be a prick. Personally, I mean, you take 10 of that and just put it away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm living off absolutely. seven. Absolutely. Um, Jimbo, on the first payout of this buyout, is going to make three and a half million more than Ed got on his total check for perspective. I don't think they like So me. Ed is still on the payroll for LSU for the next five years. They paid him five up front of the 15, and then I think they're sprinkling him for the next five years to make sure he doesn't go and become the recruiting coordinator for Alabama. I, I, I would also say to Ed, like, you want to do that? With all this money you got in the bank, you want to go fly across the country on prop planes and talk to entitled, spoiled brats on what they think they deserve in NIL and why your school has to give it to them or you're, he's going to your, your biggest rival? And I've heard the argument that Jimbo is going to want to coach again. And he might. I don't know. Some people can't turn it off. If he does, I would be very weary of the motivation factor for Jimbo. Because unless he's got some friend running an athletic department like Les Miles did, after Les collected 13 when he had the ski mask on and robbed the state of Louisiana blind, and his frat buddy, Jeff Long, hired him up at Kansas... And threw him a couple of more million on the way out. <laughs> Got one conference win. I just don't understand why 
Jimbo would be intrigued to coach again? Nonetheless, I don't understand why an administrator on a school side would want Jimbo to coach again. Because one thing that I did see from Texas A&M over the last couple of years was just stagnant. They never progressed. I mean, I think Ross Bjork describing it as stuck in neutral is as clear of a definition of when you look at A&M of what you feel. It felt a lot like LSU did under Miles. Just wasn't moving. It should be moving, right? You look at the place and you're like, man, look at all these players coming out of there. What more do you need? Look at the facilities. Look at the stadium. Look at the everything you're selling. And this is what you get? Seven and five. And from Jimbo's standpoint, the progressing, it just it was not there. It has never progressed. It never got any better. There was never anything on the horizon that made you excited. There was never anything to look forward to. There was never something that you were like, yeah, but they got him coming in, or he's developing, or this guy's going to be good. So from an evaluation standpoint, I don't know what you would see in Jimbo that would make you want to bring him in and say, you're our guy. I, somebody put this, uh, oh, Tom Grading, like Mississippi State, I could see that. Yeah, but really? But yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, you, would, I mean you want to win three games or you want to win eight? Power five job. Like, I, you, I, I, I'm, I'm settling on Jimbo, who has proven to me over the last two years at Florida State and through his first six years at A&M that he's not in with the times. He's not up with the 2020s football edition. He's still stuck in the the early 2000s. Or do I go out and I get somebody who's young, proven, can adapt, and is thriving in today's college football market? Well, he doesn't have a name. Who cares? Right? Like That's the evaluation part of it. That's what the NFL does, in my opinion, better than anybody, right? Like, you go, well, they're just cherry-picking Sean McVay's staff. Yeah, well, they found a honey hole. I've never heard of Kevin Stefanski. Oh, well, you know what I mean? He looks like he's a pretty good coach. I mean, you go find these guys that you may not know, you may not have ever heard of. I mean, a lot like who Sean Payton was when the Saints brought him in. He was kind of a no-name guy at the time. He was the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. So he was playing on America's team that everybody knew. He was coaching under Parcells. Outside of that, there wasn't a lot of people in the, in, 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 you know, that were fringe fans of the Saints that knew who Sean Payton was. I mean, put your, 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 your evaluator hat on. Go find somebody that you believe in. Bring him in. You know, maybe you can shave a couple of off the bottom line so he can prove it. But I got to pay. What am I paying for if I get Jimbo? Just his name? I agree. I mean, what, what, what am I getting? And how motivated is he? You know, like, uh, it can't be. He didn't look motivated at A&M. He, he's probably, I mean, there's probably nobody happier. Could BJ. No, I saw that. BJ Ojolari blowing up. And then they had a... Uh, like Dan Lenning had to go on record yesterday to be like, I'm not interested in the AM job. I keep hearing my name. I'm like, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. I, I wouldn't see him. I'd leave. love to start a bidding war between AM and Oregon. Like, see how high that thing could go. No, I mean, Phil Knight will step in real quick. Oh, $150 million. He'll, He'll play the game. Yeah, Lenning all should. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like, oh, AM. But this is where AM got themselves into trouble. They tried to muscle their way up to the, like the, the big kids' table. And now that you tried to buy yourself there and you're not there, now what do you do? Because you can't, it feels like they can't settle for a not a not, like they can't settle for not a 
big name coach. It feels like because of how much they've doubled down on trying to be successful and throwing their weight around and throwing money around that this is the conversation you put yourself in where it's like, we can't get Dan Lanning. I don't really want to go to any of them. They don't. When's the last time they won? Ooh, uh, Coach Kasky said we should check out Yale practice when AM comes to town. No. Yes. He said me and you should. Pass go. the back ags? Yeah. I, that would be a clown show. Like, Where do they practice? I don't know. I asked him. He's I like, think the last time they were here, they practiced on the bands. Oh, practice over there, over like, there, right by the hood. Oh God, that that's not a like, smart. smart <laughs> I mean, I mean, just imagine the people walking by, like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on over here? <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> oh, they yelling and shit, yeah, kissing but, their cousins. God damn! Uh, I, 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 if I if, if I'm A and M and I want the big name guy, if I want the fish, if I want the big fish, I'm paying Urban Meyer, and I'm not overthinking yep. it. Yep. I mean, like, really and truly, Urban, you want back in college football? Yes, I do. All right, here you go. Show you how much of a sleaze bag I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, play the game, Herb. I mean, do your deal. Herb kid, that is almost perfect. The man is a chameleon. Too. He can fit into that that culture. Are you kidding? And he'd be able to do whatever he wanted. College station, bro. Yeah, I could. I could. Walk Herb. around this thing like I'm. <laughs> I mean, Herb having my house in Dallas. Oh, got him oh a set up in Houston. He'll have some PJ that he's got from a booster that he he pals around on. I mean, oh, he'll, he'll take be, him, he'll take him for all their work. He'll worth. be Captain Ag. Yes. <laughs> I mean, pass him back. He'd be, pass yeah, back he'd, be, he'd be thumbs up everywhere he goes. Get him. <laughs> I'm saying, the twelfth man. He'll probably be saying giggle on Fox. Big new uh, kickoff. He, he might start slutting himself out there. Oh my goodness. The thing about A and M though, if he does go, it could kill him. Yeah, it might kill him because they want to win so badly and Urban can't help himself he likes to try to win but if he does it one thing always tends to happen but my chest hurts my chest starts getting hurt. tight I mean this man was falling down on the sideline <laughs> like collapsing he collapsed he did <laughs> with There's, the full play sheet in his hand and everything. I mean, he is high comedy he is no he's he's he signed a contract saying he would never coach again to his family the didn't that, he did look, it on uh, his own contract that he wrote so, for himself? So that so look, I'm going to coach again. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Remember when I lied? Grab the paper shredder. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. Go <laughs> to the bar. I mean, the only thing that Urban has done good in his life is college football. Yep. Yes, that's the only thing he's ever done good. And he'll probably say that, like, not even his kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like best nah. thing that ever happened to me is winning that national championship. I love before. college. <laughs> You know what's good about college? College <laughs> girls. Get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> I mean. This is a vampire. Don't overthink it, man. I mean, if you want the big name, if you want the big fish, Herb. if you want the name that can swim in the tank with Saban, Kelly, Smart, yes, sir. in yes, the sir. crew, put I a mean, cowboy hat on Go him. get Herb. And some spurs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are they going to give him a national championship trophy? Too? What did they do with that? I wonder what they do with that. Jimbo probably had it in his office. Do you office. think he put it in his brown? That you know, you get like the one box. Didn't they give him cowboy boots and a, yes. and a national I saw, championship? I saw a picture of Jimbo with a recruit the other day, and he had like his championship rings from Florida State mm. on the kid. Mm. Oh, we can't even get you anything. For, we got these cups from the, where we beat LSU in 2018. <laughs> I got this painting of the two-point conversion. That's the best thing they've done. I mean, the kid's probably like, I didn't even see that game. Yeah, Coach, I, I, I was in I, I didn't, fifth grade. I, I didn't even know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Who's Seven Kelvin overtimes. I, I haven't even heard of that. Who's Kelvin uh, Benjamin at Florida State? What? <laughs> Jack, Jack Nicholas's grandson? Yeah, you're flicking people off. <laughs> no gloves, grit. He's uh, a Buffalo Bill. Was. Who? 
Jack Nicholas's grandson. Mm-hmm. He's a five-star tight end. He was. Oh, wait, the guy that played for Florida State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was Jack Nicholas' grandson? Mm-hmm. He was a stud. He was. Great golfer, too. Mm. I think he made a hole-in-one in the part. Was that him? They um, made a hole in one of the parts. I don't think that was. They look at yeah. Nick Leary, Nick O'Leary. Yeah, that's Nick O'Leary. That's right. But Brain I think it, there was another There's one an, of I his mean, grandsons that. I mean, the bloodline is strong. <laughs> oh, Jackie. They're still should, having kids. I mean, milk him like a horse. <laughs> Sell his DNA. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, it's Herb. I, I, don't, I don't even know who's in second. I don't know who else even fits the bill. I mean, it's I not guess, Dan Landing. Yeah. I was going to say now, maybe Dion. Not Brian Kelly. Dion. Dion. Dion, I could see. Oh, man. Talk about a culture shift. I, I, I'm telling you, I would hire him. I mean, he lives in Texas. He understands it. He's not scared of anything. You need somebody that's not going to be intimidated from Austin and the Longhorns and all that. Like, he will play that stuff up, and he'll get players. I mean, like, that's the name of the game. Yeah, but they're, I don't think – the thing that's hurting A&M the most in that debate is A&M. Right. Like, they can't change. Right. Yeah, I but I mean, I like, when you they... got Damian Craig out there trying to coach, and you got these bums that, that Jimbo has on staff, I mean, Sanders is going to bring in a five-star staff. Yeah. Sanders is coming in to do nothing but develop and win. Like, recruit, develop, and win. And that's... What, is he going to bring Pat Sherman with him again? I mean, Pat Shermer? Yeah, that's, that's that's their new offensive coordinator. I, know, I mean, the guy's got an NFL pedigree. He's got an NFL oh. resume. Did you know he coach I mean? at A&M already? Uh, no, you're thinking of Pat Sherman. Pat Sherman did. Uh, Pat yes, Sherman yes. did not. Um, but that's the only thing. I just don't. He would have to totally. A&M is so ingrained into what A&M is and who they are. It's their identity, and Prime would try to bring Prime there, and it would be a little bit of a. Yeah, maybe because they would start you, winning, right? Right, I mean, I know that that his sons can't transfer again. I I, I know all that stuff. Have um, another one. So I don't know, man. I, I those are your two answers. I would I would hire Urban Meyer if they want a big fish. If they want the big name, if they want the guy, then I would go after Urban Meyer. I mean, if it's not, I would go hire Texas San Antonio's coach. Right. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. It's such a the bar is here that yeah. it's here. I mean, it's such a scale. Right. Uh, appreciate you being out there here on this Tuesday. Make sure to hit that like button, share button, comment button. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the channel, make sure to hit that subscription button before we get out of here. Jordy Collada Show built every single day by RMB Builders. Do you think Bobby Petrino's ears perked up a little bit? when he, no. He's like, oh, maybe me. It could be me again. Put up 50. I mean, in Bobby <laughs> Petrino's mind, probably. That's what I'm saying. He's probably. like, this could be me. But, I mean, Bob's, you're out with Jordan. <laughs> yeah, right. You're out, buddy. Hop on, sweetheart. Uh, have, a, uh, have a good day. Hit that like button, share button, comment button. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Pickle day. Friday from 7 to 9 Yeah, you see the notification We about to go live 
We got all your favorite guests, we got them in line. It's the Jordan Collider Show, come have a good time. It's the hottest show around, we ain't got a flex. Call up G, we get it done, we earning our respect. Tell recruits to let us in, where they going next? Throw up the L's, now we lit, band playing net. From the booth to the east to the west coast. No matter where we at, we live, mic'd up for show. Open up the phone lines, come and join the show. Make sure you tell your friends about Jordan Collider Show, yeah. Monday through Friday from 7 to 9. Yeah, you see the notification, we about to go live. We got all your favorite guests, we got them in line. It's the Jordan Collider Show, come have a good time. Monday through Friday from 7 to 9. Yeah, you see the notification, we about to go live. We got all your favorite guests, we got them in line. It's the Jordan Collider Show, come have a good time, yeah. Friday from 7 to 